0: If you have been wanting to smooth the skin of your photos within Imagine, the time is now. Smooth Skin is here. You can craft the perfect balance of natural beauty with discrete adjustments until you reach your desired goal. As always, you're in complete control. Adjust and customize the smoothness, texture, clarity, and sharpness to reflect your unique style. It seamlessly integrates into your editing process with a single click to ensure a quick and efficient path to flawless polished complexions. Simply open the Imagine app to try Smooth Skin today. Welcome to Workflows, presented by Imagine AI. Workflows is a podcast about saving you time and money in your photography business. Hear from people just like you. Put down that camera for a little, connect the headphones, and get to work with Workflows. Today I'm speaking with Hannah Hall. Hannah is an incredible photographer based in North Hampshire, UK. At the time of recording this episode, she is in her eighth year of business. Hannah describes her style as honest and emotion-driven with a bit of awesome thrown in. I would describe her style as organic and vibrant. The color she achieves and the looks she brings out in people are out of this world. When she is not shooting weddings, you can find Hannah on mountains in a pile of dogs or wondering what killed her latest houseplant. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Hannah Hall. Hello, Hannah.
1: Hello. How are you doing?
0: <laughs> good, good. What time is it by you right now?
1: Uh, it's just gone 2 o'clock in the afternoon, here. Yeah.
0: 2 in the afternoon. Yeah, it's 9 a.m. here and Bright very and cold. Bright and early. <laughs> the joys of having to do everything remotely, it's, it's amazing that we're, you know, 2022, we're able to record a clean video and audio podcast remotely when back, you know, even 10 years ago, in order to do this, podcast innovators like Tim Ferriss would literally send a full package in a pelican case across the world for his guests to have video and audio equipment for every episode. And now you don't need to. <laughs>
1: it's Amazing! Know, like the benefits, that I guess, of a pandemic have improved like our skill in being able to do these kind of things as well. Yeah. Like You're right? I didn't know I didn't know how to use Zoom two years ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> most people didn't even know zoom was a thing three exactly. years ago yeah and, and interestingly like things like google meet which used to be google hangouts you know they've been around for for years i mean skype i mean basically zoom is a is a, is a mutated skype that has been enhanced with special abilities <laughs> so you know it's, yeah anyway so it's cool so what's going on with you how's everything going on on uh, on your end
1: things are good it's it's my month off, technically. Obviously, back in the UK, basically, weddings got back to normal in July. When we say normal, like, restriction-free. Although, weddings were back on from sort of the end of April. So, I ended up photographing 53 weddings of my own in eight months last year. Normally, I don't want to do more than 35 in 12 months. So, it's been busy. We got married ourselves in the chaos as well. So, it's now it's just taking a month where I haven't got weddings to go to, to just catch up with editing, you know, tweak websites, just, you know, do all of the boring, the boring behind the scenes stuff that no one ever really sees. But actually after last year, it's kind of a joy not to be picking up my camera every five minutes. It's just nice to (laughs) go a bit slower
0: and sit in
1: my pajamas if I want to.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. In, In the, you know, we just, this week actually in the Imagine AI community, we, we shared you know some advice for you know what to do during downtime and stuff like that. And, and so it's it's perfect timing. I mean I mean that's why we put that content out there when we did, but you know there's so much that can be done when you take a month off, when just the industry, you know your market is nothing for a little bit, where you can prepare your business for when everything comes back, or get caught up on things that you couldn't get caught up on before. Uh, so, absolutely
1: yeah
0: and I've had a uh, list of
1: things for months in my head of like oh, I'm gonna do that I'll do that in January I'll do that in January and it's now like yeah. trying to put all of that into place and make it happen before mm. I start sheet- I've got five weddings in February this, we're still feeling the knock-on of the pandemic here bookings wise I'd never normally have five weddings in February <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've really I've got a deadline to get a lot of stuff done so I'm just chipping away yeah. quietly
0: yeah, that's, and February's coming fast, faster than we probably want. My first question to you is, what is one thing that you do for the photographic process with, with your camera, with your lights, things like that, that saves you time in that, in that part of your work?
1: Uh, I shoot in one white balance, and I've been doing that now for maybe four years. It means that what you see on the back of the camera sometimes, like when I'm showing my clients, looks like fresh yellow hell, particularly in the (laughs) evening. But, but I mean, it was, I guess, had Imagine been round four years ago, maybe it's not something that I would have needed to do, but it allowed me to batch process for different, you know, if if I was in one room, my white balance was pretty much constant rather than it being affected by colour casts and, you know, green outside or whatever. So that has really sped up. It, you know, my editing time, even if it does look awful when I send my pictures. So if i have be second cheating, I'm like, just don't judge them until you've edited them.
0: What, out of curiosity, what white balance do you set it at? Uh,
1: 5,500 K. So like oh. it, daylight, it's fine. Outside yeah. looks normal. It's just when you come inside yeah. that it starts to look a bit weird and wacky.
0: Yeah, yeah. Once you start going under tungsten and fluorescent lights, it's that's when, that, that's when the fun happens.
1: That's it. But it also it tricks Lightroom. And so, you know, like sometimes Lightroom will do really crazy things with your pink green balance. Like if you're shooting where there's a lot of trees, it'll automatically put a lot of pink in, but Lightroom just goes, oh, I don't know what to do with this and just leaves the pink green alone. So I only, I rarely have to tweak my pink green. I just play with my blue and yellow.
0: That's great. I I, I hope others try that. I might even try that, <laughs> try, try that as well. So moving on to the business side of things what is one thing that you do for your business that saves you time or money
1: uh it's a it's a time saver and it's ongoing but i i rebranded at the beginning of 2017 and my soul like the sole drive be- behind my rebrand was to try to put people off booking me which <laughs> sounds like a weird tactic But um, I was getting to the point where this time of year, you know, Christmas and New Year engagements, I was just inundated with inquiries, which were all dead. They were all dead leads. They were people who were bargain hunting or they were people who just I don't think had even looked at my portfolio. They just wanted a wedding photographer. I rank quite well on Google. So I, I was just spending all my time. And you know what it's like by the time you found out like what venue they're getting married at, you try and find them suitable galleries to send back. It was just so time-consuming that I was like, "This needs to stop." I only need 35 couples a year to like me, <laughs> and I, you know, <laughs> if I'm getting like 90 inquiries in January, that's a lot of time just spent emailing. And so the biggest time saver for me, and it, obviously now it's an ongoing thing in terms of like my online presence and how I present myself online, I guess is to be a bit marmitey. You either love me or you don't. <laughs> Same with my work, I think. But yeah, now generally, I would say. 75% of the inquiries I get turn into bookings. And that is a good time saver for me.
0: Wow. You know, it, so I, I, I don't photograph weddings. I, my big thing, which came organically, I, I've talked about this uh, on the podcast previously, is that I, I had an organic shift during the pandemic to photograph proposal sessions. So, you know, surprise proposals. And I get a lot of inquiries from that. And I've got a full time job. (laughs) And so I have to turn a lot of them away or like recommend other people. But, you know, it it really you do really have to if if you want the right client to not have to go through a bunch of hoops and back and forth and stuff, you really do have to present yourself how you want the clients you want you to present yourself the way you want your clients to come. um, Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And I I'm really lucky now that the couples that I get to work for are super laid back, they're lovely, their weddings are my kind of vibe, there's nothing really stuffy Mm. and formal about them. And I know, like, there's wedding photographers for everybody, but I think generally people who are planning weddings like that also don't want to spend hours, like, stood in a line grinning at a photographer doing family formals and that kind of thing. So it's it's worked well for me, and I don't spend all my time writing emails anymore.
0: I you know I, and I absolutely love not only your website but your photos. I mean, they're so punchy. They're so like, the way I describe it is very organic and vibrant. Like they're like showing people how the people are, and I and so whatever you. I I didn't see your website before you rebranded and everything, but whatever you did, I. I love the changes. <laughs> oh,
1: thank you. So. <laughs> I think, um, like, for me, being a parent really changed my perspective on what photographs should be. Mm. And, like, when I started reflecting, I think when I started my business, I just photographed, you know, weddings as I thought they should be photographed. And then, right. actually, I thought, like, actually, the you know, my favorite pictures of my children are the ones of them throwing tantrums or, like, with food all over <laughs> their face. It's not the ones where they're sat beautifully under a tree on a blanket, you know.
0: Yeah. And
1: then when I started applying that, attitude to the way I photograph weddings. That's when business really took off for me. Like m- m- all my couples want pictures of their friends being their friends, you know, they don't just want pictures of them looking nice with a glass of champagne in their hands. You know, they
0: right. want that.
1: Right. <sighs> they want to see their personalities coming through. So that's what I, that's what I'm always looking for on a wedding day.
0: Yeah. I, uh, and uh, I've got a similar thing to share related, to, so it's, uh, very similar to that. So Ben Folds, the musician from Ben Folds five, so he's actually a photographer as well. And he historically has always photographed his kids while he's on tour. Now his kids are older at this point. But so I saw a keynote that he did at a photography show once. And he talked about how he deleted all the photos of his kids looking at the camera. I wouldn't go that far. But <laughs> <laughs> he, he, the ones that he kept are the ones of his kids looking out of the tour bus window, looking out of the hotel window, his kids playing, you know, the piano while he's not supposed to be watching, stuff like that. Like his kids do being kids. And while I do still have photos of my kids looking at the camera, I try to incorporate that sort of principle, the more natural, um, this, is what, this is what it was. This is, this is what, what they were doing, not only for my family, but for my clients as well. So... I think it's a it's a great it's a great lesson to learn. I w- still wouldn't delete delete photos of your kids looking at cameras though. So moving on to editing, what is one thing that you do for editing that has saved you time?
1: My f- my first reaction to this question, was well, imagine. But actually, like I thought mm-hmm. back a little bit further, and actually yeah. having a custom preset built for me has saved me a lot of time. Um, and it was prompted by I shot Canon when I started my business. I shot Canon. And I moved to Sony and just you know moved my preset over and actually it didn't work how exactly how I wanted it to work on Sony files. My greens were nuclear green people mm. were very orange and I couldn't it's like I said to you earlier like I just I, the science behind and the technology behind my business I'm clueless about genuinely. <laughs> So I just I was kind of stuck in a rut and I didn't really know what to do and I didn't know how to fix it. So I had a custom preset built by a girl called Amy Leatkin. She's a northern preset company here in the UK and she not only built the preset I wanted that looked at like how I wanted my skin tones to look and those kind of things, but I have like several different versions of my preset. So I have a backlit version, I have a dance floor version, which has a little bit more contrast and is a little bit more punchy just because of the way I tend to light the dance floor. Corrections for people who do look very orange, the fake tan thing here is big. But also, you yeah. know, sometimes where you're just in a room where the light is horrible. So I had all of these various corrections and suddenly that combined with the one white balance thing just massively sped up my workflow. Because if a picture was backlit, I could use the backlit preset rather than just my regular preset and then having to pull the shadows and the highlights around and that kind of thing. So that was a game changer for me. But and I think actually, you know, that's probably helped Imagine now because there are lots of photos in very particular situations where those settings are applied, you know, fairly uniformly. If it's mm-hmm. backlit, it's had a different preset on it. So it imagine learning from that intel, if that makes sense. Right.
0: Yeah, 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 it's definitely learned how you prefer each photo to be based on the each individual's, you know, situation and and what had to be adjusted, but but because you started with a with a, a custom preset that was sort of uniform Across the board, with minor changes here and there, that definitely helped you, but also helped Imagine Learn your preferences, which is, which is cool. So yeah, that's it's a very smart thing having custom presets. I I always have, but I've always used custom presets in a different way, more for quick actions. So, if I know I like a tone curve a certain way for certain photos, I've got a preset for that tone curve. Not necessarily like major color shifts, because I'm. I've, I've always preferred very natural edits for myself. So, but otherwise, you know, I've got a, a custom preset for like, turn on the lens correction for this lens. <laughs> like that kind of thing. So, okay. So, we've talked about the photographic process. We've talked about the part of things. We've talked about editing. What is one thing you do after a wedding, after the session has ended to increase business?
1: For me, it's Getting a preview to my couple as quickly as I possibly can. Um, how practical that is when you're in the thick of August, it's not always that practical and it's not always possible. But uh-huh. I try to get their preview to them before their friends and family start dumping all their phone pictures on. Because if I can get them to them quickly, it's my photos that become their profile pictures, it's the ones that they're sharing online. And immediately people see, like, people know who I am by the end of the wedding day because they've seen me out and about, but then they're putting what I've produced to my name as well. And it also just means that everything that I'm sharing online is very current and my couples are still excited. (laughs) You know, literally, like, two or three days after the wedding, they're still buzzing. So they're doing lots and lots of resharing. Their suppliers are potentially getting involved in that as well. And as a result, I photograph a lot of friendship groups weddings mm. um, and
0: yeah. or lots of you know siblings yeah, a, like I've done yeah, two or three froze. siblings weddings and stuff yeah. nice and so uh, when you do these these previews uh, are you watermarking them so that everybody who sees it on Facebook or what, and whatnot know that it was you or are you just you know going with the assumption hey they met me at the wedding they knew who I am at the wedding you know, watermark's not needed. Uh, yeah,
1: easy. I don't watermark anything. There's no point. People okay. just crop them off. Or I just kind of feel like, actually, if you've got a big watermark in the middle of a picture, it just ruins your appreciation away. of it anyway. Um, yep. I'm, quite, I'm quite strict with my expectation, my, my, my the expectations of my have of my couples and the way that mm. they look after their photos so right from the get go like at the point that i am you know in potential like consultations with them before they've even booked like i make it very clear that the photos are for them they're not for their suppliers if their suppliers want them they need to come and speak to me separately but i have an expectation that they don't put instagram filters on them and those kind of things and i would say that i'm now at the point where 99% of the time It like it just isn't a problem. They tag me. They've generally got nice things to say about me as well, which really really helps in terms of like here are our pictures. (laughs) Hannah was great. So yeah, the watermark thing. I used to do it. I used to like pick a colour out of the picture to make the watermark like look aesthetically nice (laughs) on the picture. But I've given up (laughs) with that, and that's long gone.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, you could even put in the contract that like if if when I send you the previews, if you do share them on social media please make sure you tag me and that basically gets around um you know and but they're doing it for you naturally anyway anyway, which is which is great
1: (laughs) yeah and i think if i look at you know generally flicking through instagram now it is becoming more of a trend that people are tagging the photographer, even if it was Mm -hmm. their friend, they're kind of, you know, there's an element by which they're starting to recognize that someone is someone else's work. So a lot of my couples, I think just do it instinctively now anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it works. It works for me.
0: (laughs) Awesome. So this is the point where I'm going to ask you for a 30,000 foot view down look on earth of an outline breakdown of your workflow from lead to delivery. You don't have to get into the deep details, but just an overview so that everybody's listening can understand this is what's worked for me. Hopefully, you can take away some something from it that'll work in your in your workflow.
1: Sure. So, obviously I get inquiries through my website And I always try and respond to them as quickly as possible as well. I think my experience of having planned my own wedding recently is I got really frustrated when suppliers didn't reply to me quickly. Mm. So with that, I'm always like, maybe not immediately, like make them stew for 10 minutes, but I do try and get back to them as quickly as possible. And I really encourage everyone to at least have a phone call with me, if not like a Zoom call. I used to do in-person meetings, but I can those with COVID. And I don't think I'll ever go back to them, to be honest, because it means that I can sit with my pyjama bottoms on and they don't know. (laughs) So I will have a, you have a zine conversation with them and normally for couples, it's just them checking that I'm not completely barmy. I am completely barmy, but you know, a good kind of barmy. And when they book, I send, after the consultation, I'll send them a booking form and they get to see my contract at that point. So they can ask any questions they've got about legalities. Don't shoot me, but I don't use a CRM. I still rely on my diary and, a wall planner and it served me fine for seven years and if it ain't broken it doesn't need fixing so i still do my contracts on paper people are spending a lot of money with me and i feel like i need to give them something so i give them my signature on a real bit of paper in the post and they pay their deposit and then um, i send them they get like not a welcome pack they basically get a link to a secret page on my website that's got all my recommended suppliers hints and tips for wedding planning just kind of you know what the period of time in between their booking and their wedding looks like when they can expect to hear from me and those kind of things um, and also in there there's like the rule some rules for them like don't whatsapp me at 11 o'clock at night six months before your wedding because I won't reply <laughs> it's simple as that like whatsapp on the day or the night before the wedding is fine but not you know not when it's not their wedding basically right. so then on the day I shoot shoot on two Sony a seven threes and I use both card slots both writing to raw the The one thing that I've learned over the last seven years is that when you're tired and ingesting cards at the end of a wedding, um, that's when you're most likely to make mistakes. And there have been numerous times where, like, my files have gone into my card, my photos have gone into two files. You know, like I've gone through the numbers. I don't know what that's called, but it started again, so it's in a new folder. And in when I've been tired, I haven't moved the second one across. But it's okay because I've shot on two sets of cards. I copy off one and the others get put away safely in the special memory card box and they don't get cleared until I've delivered the wedding and they're happy. And there's been numerous times, like last year was so crazy busy that there was a lot of times that I forgot to move everything over. So the magic box of cards really saved me in that respect. That's um, a really
0: good, I hope a lot of people take do a takeaway from that because that's a, that's a a huge problem that a lot of photographers have is what you know. How do I secure things? Because you never know. You know the memory cards these days. You never know. And if you have a a memory card that's got a fault in it, you know, having that backup. And that's but it. what you're doing, what what you're doing is take it to a whole new level. You're you're not only not you know removing you know wiping that card right away, but you're you're waiting until you deliver that wedding, which could be you know a couple months potentially, hopefully. <laughs> depending on your, you know, how busy. You
1: yeah, and, and like we joke that we probably have shares in like Kingston and SanDisk between the two of us. <laughs> but, you know, like I just think oh, you people are like, oh, I've got a really b- robust backup system. I've got Backblaze or Crash Plan or whatever. And that's great. It's important to have that too. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't backed up all the photos in the first place, you know, user error or something went wrong, like your computer went to sleep and stopped writing, for example. Like, having that set of cards, and memory cards are so cheap these days, I just, for me, it's a no-brainer that there's just always another set of pictures. And generally, like, if my laptop's at home, the box of memory cards is in my bag wherever I'm going or in the car, just so that they're in separate places.
0: Are you labeling Um, these when you you store the memory cards temporarily for until the wedding's delivered? Are you labeling them with the couple's name, with the date of the wedding? How are you... Yeah, they that. go.
1: i have like those tiny little plastic bags that you, uh, you might get i don't even know where they are They're, you know like little baggies with the like yes yeah. thing right and i just yeah, yeah. just literally just sharpie the couple's name on them and they and then the box that i have for them i can just put them in in chronological order nice i like it <laughs> it's like it's old school but it's effective
0: <laughs> yeah it works it works
1: it does work so at that point if it, it really depends on what time I get back from a wedding. A lot of my weddings aren't close to home, so I stay away for work quite a lot. So at some point then I will go through and pick out a preview and doing that while the wedding is still fresh in my head saves me time because I know I've probably got an idea of at least 30 pictures that I definitely want to include in the preview. And I always try and make sure that I deliver like a, like a family photo for like for each of the couples like immediate family just because I think it's nice for them to be able to give those to like parents and grandparents quickly and then I look for like key there's probably some key moments like there's normally a confetti photo in there there's normally portraits there's normally a first kiss you know the stuff that they really really love And then there's a few in there that are just my favourites, you know, the really silly moments where, like, their friend has just built their drink down the front and those kind of things. They go in there too, just so that they can see that, like, they can start to really get a flavour of the things that they missed while they were busy, you know, talking to people and stuff. Because loads of other stuff's going on that they don't get to see, and it's my job to fill in those gaps. So, like, in a preview, I aim for 60-ish photos, And that keeps them going. That gets them off my back if I'm in the middle of wedding season or like I am at the moment where I've got a big backlog of work. I haven't had anyone hounding me for pictures this wedding season because they're like, oh, we've got loads of stuff and they can make their thank you cards and all of those kind of things. So that, yeah, that's my next step. So obviously then it might be several weeks between doing the preview and actually coming to look at their set. I'm hoping to completely change my workflow this year now that Imagine is a thing, but it's not tried <laughs> and tested yet. This is just how I work at the moment. So, when I come to work on their set, I cull in Photo Mechanic, um, and culling is like the one thing that I am exceptionally good at. I cull my weddings and my husband's weddings because he's really rubbish at culling, but I can generally cull a wedding of five, 6,000 images in an hour. There are probably some photos in there that are duplicates because I want to be able to see what they look like when they're edited. And I do lose probably a couple of hundred in the final edit. I'd rather spend the time really looking carefully at them once they're edited or at least semi-edited before I make a decision about what's staying and what's going. Uh, So that all comes into Lightroom. I tell it to stop building previews immediately. And then it goes to Imagine. (laughs) And if I've like, I've obviously already got my preview in Lightroom for that wedding at that point. And I always send my fine-tuning off from my previews as well, just because sometimes, actually, i probably spend more time making sure the previews are really shiny compared to a full set of, you know, 800 photos or whatever. Small batch versus
0: large batch. Small batch versus large batch. The client isn't going to look as carefully at a large batch than they would the small batch.
1: Exactly. And actually, you know, going back to that kind of like what's in your memory, when I'm doing the preview for the wedding, that wedding being fresh in my head means I've got a much better memory of what colors particularly look like. Whereas eight weeks later, I might have forgotten what some of the colors were really like and that kind of thing. So using having the preview there as already as a reference point is really, really hard. Right. So obviously, before I send it off to Imagine, I tell it not to re-edit my previews. <laughs> I have mm-hmm. done it once by accident, sent that back. That <laughs> was quite annoying. You can quite... always
0: undo. Th- you can always yeah. undo it in Lightroom.
1: But I undid it, but it's just, you know, when you're working through quickly and you've got like, a yeah. forgotten what was colour flagged and stuff. Anyway, it's fine. So, yeah, so it goes off to Lightroom um, to Imagine and I go and make a cup of tea. That's really important, like utilising your time. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much I need the toilet or how thirsty I am. I'm like, it doesn't happen until it's being sent to Imagine. That's the, that's is, the way we is roll
0: there, here. Is there a specific type of tea that you make while you're waiting for your edits to come back
1: well, so I used to just drink whatever tea, like whatever, you know, g- generic kind of English tea there was going until I met my husband and now it has to be Yorkshire, Yorkshire tea. So that's all we oh, drink so, in so, this house.
0: So he's a tea snob?
1: Well, tea yeah, snap? I mean, he's probably even more of a coffee snob, <laughs> to be honest. Like, we, like Interesting. Hand pour, <laughs> we hand pour our coffees in this house and hand grind and everything. But we d- nice. he's just very particular about his tea and I'm not that fuss, so I'll just drink whatever. But that's what we have now. So all of, the, all of those kind of, you know, like, go and put the washing on, all of those things happen in the, like, you know, 25 minutes or so that it takes for the gallery right. to upload to Imagine um, and come back from Imagine. So then also, like, generally I'll open it up in Lightroom and tell it to build all my previews and go and do another job somewhere else, you know, go and reply to emails and stuff while that's happening. Right. You know, five five, ten minutes later, we're good to edit. And imagine... on average i'd say now i can turn a full wedding round the the editing as in the what you know the color correction the straightening and all of those things in two hours if i just sit down and do it whereas before that might have taken me a day and a half so the time saving is massive at that point I, i as i'm going through i'm not a massive photoshop person like i don't I don't believe in manipulating people's bodies or their skin particularly unless it's something like a spot which needs removing so my rule with photoshop is that if there's something in the background that catches my attention twice then it gets photoshopped out so that like in the UK they're really really keen on putting fire exit signs Everywhere, everywhere. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Or there's normally like they do really stupid things like put the cake in front of a plug on the wall. Right. Couldn't you just move the table like four inches? But so it's those kind of things. If they catch my attention twice, that's that's when I get rid of them. So I just flag everything that needs photoshopping and then I take the photoshopping last. Very occasionally there is stuff beyond my skill set. And so, obviously, at that point, I have to send it to my retoucher. But she's amazing. Her turnaround is always really, really quick. And she, like, last year, <laughs> actually, an associate shot a wedding for me in London on the South Bank. And Larissa managed to basically rebuild the entirety of the South Bank with no tourists in it, <laughs> which was I could never have done. I don't know how she did it. Like, Reese yeah. and I both use her. And when the photos came back, our jaws were just on the floor. Um, and <laughs> So yeah, some you know there's a time and a need for these things, and Larissa is one person that I wouldn't be without. But I'm getting better at my own Photoshop slowly. <laughs> um, and once the photos are back from Photoshop, that's it. I export them, and I upload them to Pixie Set. And at the moment, I used to deliver I used to deliver an online gallery and a physical product. So I used to do a USB with a print box and a selection of my favourite prints. But quite a lot of my couples were like we don't have a usb port <laughs> so this me- this memory stick is useless to us also i get my i was getting my usbs and my print boxes from QT albums in poland and since we left the eu <laughs> it means that these things are more expensive to bring into the country so i am actually in the process of phasing out usbs for that reason so this year i've given all my couples the option um of either having some print credit or having having the USB. And most of them have taken the print credit because I think they've just realized they can just download it from Pixie Set and, you know, stick it in their Google Drive or whatever.
0: Right, exactly.
1: And that is, that's kind of the end of the, of the process in terms of the delivery. Uh, then if I go, I, I go on, if I want to blog their wedding, they have a questionnaire that they fill out for their blog. Um, I incentivize that with print credit as well just i think it's much more interesting reading about someone's wedding from their point of view than my point of view Um, you know why they made certain choices and those kind of things and that's kind of that's i guess that's the end of the process but it doesn't mean it's necessarily the end of me using the pictures or the end of my relationship with my couples the best thing about my couples is that i stay in touch (laughs) with most of them and go drinking with them and stuff now so that's nice
0: (laughs) (laughs) definitely definitely yeah that's you, there's a, you you've just shared a whole bunch of things that I really hope that a lot of the listeners take away and, and consider implementing themselves in, in their, you know, top-bottom workflow because very smart things. So you, have, you, already, you and I already spoke about this before we started recording this episode, and you even mentioned it just now once that you're not very technical. You're not, you know, like most photographers, not very technical, you know, you use Imagine AI, which we really appreciate. We love that you're, that you're a, a customer of ours and you're in the community. But obviously, you don't understand how it works. <laughs> you're like, you know, it's, to you, it's magic. It's, it's witchcraft. And it is, you know, to a lot of the customers, you know, they don't understand how it works. But I'm going to ask you a question, and if we'll see if you have a, an answer. If you don't, it's fine. What does the future of artificial intelligence in photography look like to you
1: i do have an answer for this i did think about this i think from what like from what obviously like i have learned a little bit about imagine and how it works now as a as a you know as a result of being in the community but i think the long and the short of it is that ai ai is only going to get more clever Mm -hmm. right so for me the future i guess is having uh, being able to have like for wedding photographers venue specific profiles you know like at the moment I just have one one imagine profile I think you know long term it would be a case of like oh you've shot at this venue I've got a separate I've got a separate profile for that venue just because there are some things like there are venues that I'm recommended at like one I was there eight times last year another I was there five and there are some very specific things that I might do at those venues and I do them every wedding I edit because the, of the windows or because of where top table is put and those kind of things so I guess for me that's that's what the future looks like you know AI learning more about me specifically and how I work I did try to think about how like artificial intelligence might change more of my workflow and at the moment I'm not convinced there's anything more it can do like I know there's you know there's thing there's products that will cull. For me, it's not something that I feel like I need because I'm so quick at it. Um, and the jury still seems to be out about people that are using artificial intelligence for culling. But yeah, I think, I guess it's just, it's it's how artificial intelligence can be more specific, like starting to learn about how I might do brushwork or how I might use radio filters and those kind of things. I guess it's coming, like, I know now that, like, imagine straight, it's, l- imagine is straightening better for me all the time. So surely it, soon it will learn when I use a radio filter <laughs> and do that to
0: you. <laughs> yeah, we are working on local adjustments. From what I understand, the first that we're going to have is going to be a standard brush as sort of a proof of concept that, hey, this, our AI works for local adjustments too once we've proven the concept well that we can then take what we've coded and built for brushes and port them over to the other you know local adjustment features as well so i agree it's just going to get smarter and even more personalized as time goes by which is very exciting so this is a very deep second to last question a <laughs> very deep question how did imagine ai impact your
1: life so Obviously, uh, I started using Imagine in some very, very specific circumstances in September, the beginning of September, just after I'd shot 14 weddings in August. On the way coming home from a wedding, my husband and I were involved in a car. It was a hit and run on the motorway. And um, like how either of us walked away from the crash is a miracle, really. Like the pictures of the car that I've seen don't really represent what my car looked like before the crash. So after the After the accident, I was in hospital for a week. I had two operations to reconstruct my arm. And then two and a half, three weeks later, I had to have another operation because things didn't quite go to plan. And that meant that, uh, oh, I, I shot all my weddings apart from the two that I was in hospital for. I went to some of them and had seconds and thirds to kind of pick up where I couldn't shoot. But that obviously meant that I still had a massive backlog of editing from the summer because of the summer being the summer. And then I had this backlog of weddings that I hadn't even looked at because I was literally sitting in bed until I had to go and shoot a wedding, come home, go back to bed. And suddenly I found myself, I guess, at the beginning of October with 20 weddings to edit and the grey cloud of having that much editing on your shoulders on my own I average four to five thousand photos a wedding if Reese is shooting with me he's shoots similar so we I can have ten thousand rules to look at you know for each wedding and actually the yeah the the impact on my mental health never mind everything that had gone on surrounding the car accident was massive just because of the backlog that I had. And someone said to me, oh, you need to try, imagine. And I was like, yeah, but how? How can it just do this stuff for me? I don't, (laughs) like, it didn't make sense. And then I was like, you know, when you're in the thick of it, you're like, I haven't got time to do this. Like, all my time, like, now... It basically it all boiled down to the fact that I couldn't put my elbow down because of where the damage was to my arm so I was like all the time that I've got where I can put my elbow down on the desk I now need to spend editing I haven't got hours to be like pulling out photos to send to see if it works but I thought well what have I got to lose because ultimately like I can send all that stuff off overnight when I'm not you know while I'm sleeping the computer can be doing that work for me and I've still got to edit the wedding so if it doesn't work when I apply it to the first wedding I'm going to work on I haven't lost any time because I can just reset everything and off I go and so I sent off it was a big wedding I'd shot it on my own but it was there was nearly 200 guests and a lot of speeches and just a lot had happened that day so it was a big gallery and I sent it off and I sat here waiting for it to come back
0: and it just
1: (laughs) blew my mind Mm. the Everything that was outdoors was perfect. Like I couldn't, I kept like resetting it and applying my preset and like I couldn't, I couldn't see a difference and <laughs> indoors it needed some work and over time, like obviously I, I don't know how many weddings I've delivered since that first wedding that I sent, but I think I'm well over the 5,000 for it to have started, you know, adjusting my, my profile Like, it's now, like, generally, sometimes if something looks a bit wacky, I'm like, I wonder if I can make it better. And I'm like, no, actually, like, Imagine has still done, given me a better starting point with from which to make adjustments. So Mm. I basically went from maybe spending eight hours, probably five to eight hours, depending on the length of the wedding and whether I had a second, to spending two hours tweaking a set. And you can imagine, if you've got 20 weddings... And you're in quite a lot of pain <laughs> sat at your desk to suddenly be, you know, that's like, I don't know, that's like 160 hours worth of work down to doing the maths. I, I can't do the maths, but like it's yeah. such a such a time saver. And even when it doesn't quite get it right, it's still, I don't know, it just it's it's like I imagine still got a better, better handle on it. And, I can't, and so I just, I can't, like all the time, whenever I'm talking to people about how they have to just give it a try, um, mm-hmm. I'm like, you, you can't go wrong because actually getting it set up isn't this massive time-consuming process that I thought it was going to be. And I know that obviously I've, I've got a very unique set of circumstances, but all of us could benefit from having more time not working. I think yeah. when we own our own businesses, we're all guilty of having a really terrible work-life balance. And...
0: You were... you you were in between surgeries and you were doing weddings. Like, you want to talk about work-life balance, that you shouldn't have been doing those weddings.
1: Yeah, I probably shouldn't have done, but you know, and you know, in normal circumstances, maybe I wouldn't have done, but some of my couples were four or five times postponed and it just felt like it was, I don't know, I just felt so bad for them being like, oh, I know you've had to postpone five times, but now you also don't get the photographer of your choice. So going, like, it felt nice to be there and have a distraction. But also, <laughs> we uh, one of my brides is a physiotherapist. And she was like, you're probably... I haven't had to have any physio on my arm now. It's all healed. And she was like, the best thing that you probably did, in, in fact, was go and lift your camera up to your eye a mm. few times a week. Just in terms of, like, my mobility and stuff. So, yeah. But, the th- you know, like, we were talking about this before we started recording. Like, we've basically been able to take Jan, gen- And I've still got editing to do, but I just when I think, if I think to how long editing was taking me before, like I'd probably still be editing September now, not like the beginning of November. And I would be rolling my eyes about having to edit rather than just being like, yeah, it's okay. It's just another day and I'm just gonna do another wedding and crack that out today. Yeah. So yeah, I, like, it, I can't recommend it enough.
0: <laughs> so I, I, I do tell people that the most time consuming part is getting their profile you know, teaching Imagine AI, you know, a profile, because you're talking 5,000 photos at a minimum, you were in the mix of, you know, injury, trying to get these new, you know, new weddings done, plus your backlog of weddings, were you already organized ahead of time and to to the point where you were able to quickly just send 5,000 photos to teach or did you have to, you know, organize yourself ahead, you know, before you sent it off?
1: No, I had them. I guess, and I think I guess the one drawback, I suppose, is if you are newer to the game, and you don't have loads and loads of photos. Uh, like Reese, my husband, he's not been shooting for as long as me, and it, like he, like everyone, has kind of been through that. Like, oh, this is my preset. No, this is my preset. So he's got a lot of work in a, edited in a style that he didn't want to include. So it took him a bit longer to get his profile going for that reason. Mm. Whereas like I'm quite lucky no one no one understands my storage system apart from me, but everything was already there on my computer ready to go. So it wasn't it wasn't a massive task of you know trying to like pull things out and find things because I knew where it all was to send it.
0: It's great. It's great. Always stay organized. <laughs> <laughs>
1: even if even no if one else own... understands.
0: <laughs> yeah, even yeah, as long as it's organized in your head, that's all that matters. So Hannah, where can uh, listeners learn more about you, connect with you, and of course, see your beautiful...
1: They can find me on my website, which is hannahallphotography.co.uk. I'm also on Instagram, just at hannahallphotography. You probably see... I kind of feel like my website is a good experience of what it would be like to come and have tea with me anyway, but I think perhaps my day-to-day chaos and the things that make me tick are probably a little bit more evident on Instagram and my Instagram stories. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but they're the best places to find me.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today and we'll talk soon.
1: Thanks very much.
0: Thank you, Hannah, for that incredible conversation all about your workflows. And thank you to those listening, who listened through. And I hope you gathered a whole bunch of insights from Hannah in this episode. You are invited to be a part of the bigger conversation. Join the Imagine AI community today by going to imagine-ai.com slash community. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You've been listening to Workflows presented by Imagine AI. To see the show notes and everything referenced in this episode, please go to imagine-ai.com/podcast